Body T-shirt, Man Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. Uh, I'm Dylan. With me always is John. John, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. I love <laughs> the world is on fire. We'll ignore that. That's that's you know we're, we're that's not our podcast. There are many 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 podcasts dedicated to that, but not us for now. Um, <laughs> so we realize we would just like to say up front that uh, we realize it has been a couple of weeks since an episode. Uh, John has been moving house. I have been up the walls with work and various things. I'm trying to put out an EP. So and also I've been going to physio appointments because a mixture of sitting down all day and playing guitar has ruined my shoulders. So uh, I am that is. Good. Not good. Posture no. is important, everybody. Uh, but what also is important, clever segue, is uh, ear training. So ear training is our topic. Uh, John, you suggested this as a topic for our mini episode this week. We do mini episodes, usually every second second week or so, on average. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so John, why ear training? Why, like, I mean, we talk so much about technical ability and you know exercises and warming up and you know. You know, we're shred fans, but why why is ear training important? Uh, I find for me it it gives you a better sense of musicality. You know where you okay. are in a song. So we've talked before about improvisation or scales or any of that stuff, but I feel like in order to use that effectively, you really have to take the time to to hear what you're playing against. So mm-hmm. when you're jamming with someone to have an idea of like, all right, if we're in the key of D, and they're on the four chord, you know that's a G, and you know it's a G, B, and D, and you know what the intervals are gonna sound like over that chord, and you know if you play the four, it's gonna sound really rough, and you better resolve it to the three or the five. So some of that's theory, but I think ear training is a lot of the application of that theory. So it, it allows you to jump into a playing situation and know where you are and know how to how to navigate that now we're not talking about perfect pitch there are you know uh, depending on who you talk to there are ways to develop certain types of perfect pitch or really good relative pitch however you want to talk about it i i think i think you can develop something that is very similar to it but i'm also not going to go toe-to-toe with rick beato because i just don't care that much so rick (laughs) beato is very adamant that you cannot develop perfect pitch if you're over the age of like five so but i think but like yeah i think that developing an ear and being able to figure out musical stuff is much being is much more useful than hey that's a c sharp or that's a yeah you know exactly you know it's 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 not practical in my eyes i for what i'm doing it has no value right i i don't think you necessarily need to have perfect pitch it's a it's a parlor trick to be honest, but you should be able to, I think you should be able to jump into a playing situation and have some sort of idea of like, okay, I think that's the four and now we're on the six and, oh, hey, look, there's the two, whatever. And just kind of be able to at least navigate that in your own headspace. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's more important than to know like, oh yeah, the four is a C sharp. Well, you'll be able to figure that out just by navigating where you are. I don't know why you're playing in G sharp anyway, but you know. <laughs> good save yeah whatever <laughs> anyway so so john you have years of i mean when i think of ear training i think it's you know it's being able to i think ear training it, it's a, it's a huge umbrella term in terms of what it involves yeah. i think it's yeah. really good to be i think 
from what I've learned, like I just, you know, play kind of rock blues. I think that be in a, in a jamming perspective, I think that ear training is really important to be able to figure out where the song is going, where the jam is going, be able to read other musicians in terms of what they're doing. And um, we've talked before on the show about uh, classical musicians who can play flight of the bumblebee if there's sheet music in front of them but in terms of like can't <laughs> you're not taking your violin to that blues jam yeah. um, so I, I think that in terms of it's, it's a very practical skill to have uh, like so is sheet music but sometimes it isn't <laughs> uh, depending so where does one start with uh, I suppose you've been teaching for many years where does one start in teaching someone how to uh, utilize ear training I always try to start with the instrument at hand. So in our case, it's guitar, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about just being able to sing things back, though singing is important. I think uh, there's a lot of guitar players out there, myself included, that would rather not sing. You know, yes. I, do, I do backup vocals because I've had enough training and enough time that I feel like, yeah. okay, I can, I can do backup vocals if I have to. Um, but it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do. But get it's over it. Work. That's really yeah. what I'm going to say. It's like, get over it. Learn how to sing and match pitch with your instrument. That, that in and of itself, I think, is a skill that it's important to be able to have. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the first thing I, I just want to put out there. But in order to, to start developing an ear in relation to your instrument, just start with the open strings. Can you play the open string? Can you sing that open string? And then see if you can test yourself it's kind of hard to test yourself on it based on the fact of touch because mm -hmm. if you just play an open string and if you've been playing for a while you probably know that's a g string anyway but yeah. see if you can identify like why does the g string sound different than the d string or the b string you know those sorts mm -hmm. of things so play it see if you can sing it back and really what you're starting to do is you're training yourself in terms of what does that string sound like compared to the other strings? So, okay. the, the, yeah, you'll be able to identify a G because you've played it a thousand times and you can sing it and you've got the muscle memory. That doesn't necessarily mean, a, say, perfect pitch, but again, that's not the goal. You, you're developing your pitch relationships on your instrument. So start mm -hmm. by playing the open strings. That's probably the very first, like, rudimental thing that I would say is cool. take five minutes, play an open string, sing it, and get to the point where you can close your eyes, pluck a string. I'm closing my eyes for all of you who can't see me. And that's everybody except Dylan. So, Audio <laughs> so yeah. but close, close your eyes, pluck the string, and just see what you can, if you can identify why you think it's a G and opposed to that D or B. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's I've never heard that before as like a place to start. So that seems, you know, it's it's very it's something that everybody can do. Yeah, absolutely. So sweet. The the next thing I would say would be to to learn how to play a major scale and sing the major scale on your mm -hmm. fretboard. So yep. that's that's going to be the biggest thing. And then if you can also navigate that and change it into a minor scale, but start with a major scale, one that you can sing in different on different strings, you know, mm -hmm. or even start on, and then the next step that's a little more advanced is starting on a different note. So instead of starting on do, and if you want to call it modal stuff, or, you know, let's say a G, G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G, 
Mm -hmm. um, see if, and if you start that on your third string, see if you could start not necessarily on the G on the D string, but maybe start on the E. So yeah, you're yeah. singing an E minor scale at that point, but can you still hear those notes, hear the intervals? So that's the next yeah. big thing, right? Is being yeah. able okay. to hear half steps and whole steps. And then beyond that, can you identify your major and minor thirds? And then can you get used thirds. to singing those? Because that's, that's all of music, right? That's, that's how we determine whether or not something is major or minor. So start with your thirds. That would probably okay. be my biggest thing, so. Anyway, okay, that's cool. intro to intervals, but anyway. Sweet. So in terms of just, do you know any, so a, a popular way for people to start training their ears is to start, I know I've done it before, um, being able to recognize certain intervals by famous songs. So mm -hmm. you've got, you know, like the perfect fifth is the opening theme to Star Wars, the bum, bum. you know, it's it's that movement and it's very recognizable. And it's even like the um, the octave leap at the start of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. If people are looking for ways to learn the intervals, there are so many different resources online in terms of like songs that you can learn um, and, and YouTube videos that have it broken down. Uh, it's It's... It, it, it's it's all every <laughs> you you definitely know some song that has every interval you know there's right. there's something with everything and some of them are a bit like you know the Simpsons. minor six and yeah the simpsons exactly yeah the simpsons so, is great because it's got that tritone in it right so yeah yeah, the, yeah. which is, is what kind of tritone right yeah it is yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah one of the first like riffs i learned on guitar was that those first few notes so yeah that's so sweet okay so intervals in terms of like chord progressions would you recognize like would you recommend learning how certain chord progressions sound well so we talked about this recently right so the idea of chords and being able to hear major and minor chords first like yeah. that's again back to the major and minor thing make sure that you can just play a chord, you can tell whether it's major or minor, get a friend to do it for you. I do this all the yeah. time with students because, you know, at, at first it is a little bit weird. They just kind of sound the same. If you're really at that beginner phase, like it's hard to just pick out instantly, what is that chord, is it major or minor? I remember having to do that and being mm. like, I can't really hear the difference. Um, yeah which is really weird, like now that I'm so far along and I've had so many teachers like, why can you not hear the difference? Like, <laughs> I remember not hearing the difference. So um, uh, definitely, definitely start there. But then with one of the things we've talked about, you mentioned you were working on, was it Willie Nelson? No, it or was uh, Hank Williams. Hank so, Williams, okay, yeah. yeah. So I was going to talk about that. So Hank Williams songs and most, if not all, traditional folk songs and country songs are all the, the first chord, the fourth chord, and the fifth chord mm -hmm. and different variations of. And um, it's usually just like a one four five one four five sort of progression. And what's great about those is once you, like, I can sit down and a Hank, I can sit down and I can pick out both the chords and the melody to any Hank Williams song now, just through practicing, because there are certain Ooh. tricks that he'll do in terms of what you do is, so there's ways to do it, all right? So you like, if you put on a song, you figure out what key it's in first, then you figure out like, you know, it's okay, if it's in G, so, then the, Yeah, how would you go yeah. about figuring out what key? 
that would be just kind of trial and error. I mean, it's it's really just see the thing is in country music there are like four keys that they use tops, you know, <laughs> unless they're using unless you're using like a capo or something like that. But it's usually going to be G, C, or D, A sometimes, E sometimes. But it's it's really going to be one of those. So once you have that figured out, you know what your one first chord, fourth chord, and fifth chords are, and then basically it's just figuring out what is it's. The chords are going where the vocal melody is going, right? Mm-hmm. So it, once you've got that figured out, it's you can just do it by listening. You'll you're going to know that you know you're not having to figure out which of the twelve notes it is. It's gonna be like one of those three chords, and then okay. from there, um, you know. And the thing is, there's little tropes that you pick up as well. Like the fifth chord isn't really going to be used a lot during the verses. It's going to be used at the end of the verses because mm. it's always going to have to come back to the one. And, and from there, I mean, it's, it's, it's all major scale stuff, right? Mm. It's like, if you know them, it comes back to the importance of that. If you know the major scale and how it's used, if you know the major scale in G, C, and D, that's what, that's, you know, those are the, the, the scales that you're going to need to play over the chords. So it's, I think it's one of the things that, Eric Haugen said was folk songs and country songs, they're the, way, they're, they're the ones to learn because nothing is too complex at all. It's all, right. very, it's all very accessible. You're not dealing with any like weird key changes or anything. So one of the things, I, I get students asking this question a, mm-hmm. a fair bit, and you know, how do I learn to play by ear? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what you're talking about. And usually where I start students with this is, we pick something, usually a country song, because they're kind of more uh, contemporary at the moment. Um, but if they're into something like Johnny Cash or Hank Williams, these, these are great too. Yeah. Particularly Johnny Cash, because he has that sort of boom chick rhythm where he's emphasizing yeah. that bass note on his guitar, yes. which is important for where I'm going with this. Is One of the first things I learned when it came to figuring out chord progressions was listen for the bass note and yes. see okay. if you can track the root of the chord and through the chord progression. Very good, yeah. The, the and, bass and, it's, 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 and it's all, once you've done it a few times, you've done it a million times. It's all, it, it's, it's so repetitive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I, the, again, as terrible as it is, there's plenty of like great bro country songs. There's a song called Gonna Buy Me a Boat. So... To the point, that's what I like about country songs. It's just that there's no pretense. It's just direct. And so it's a, it's a simple song. It's all one, four, five. And, but it's just figuring out what order are those chords and can you track those three chords? That's it. It's only three chords. It's not super complicated. Yeah. It's really repetitive. And, you know, if, if, you, if you like that particular genre that's cool but if not find find a folk song find find a you know an old 50s classic or something like that yeah sorry like if you're looking for something a bit more contemporary as well i mean there's loads of uh, white stripe songs that are just D and um hotel yorba we're going to be friends jack white actually put out it to make it easier jack white put out a collection of all of his the songs he's ever done acoustically a few years ago mm-hmm. and that's great because it's all like there's very rarely a fourth chord in there yeah so you know that's that's a good resource as well but yeah and then from there from the country stuff you i mean you we've all seen the axis of awesome four chords of death um, yes. <laughs> you know, you can you can pick 
once you do that, like I can pick that out now immediately in terms of listening to pop songs, just from being, you know, it's drilled into your brain from a really young age. So yeah, I mean, you can move, you can move across genres until you get to tech death, which we've talked about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the, uh, the important thing then is to, to really listen for how that one, four and five sound. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, again, get with a friend or just spend time singing it. So you can hear the root movement and you hear the difference of what it sounds like when the four goes to one versus when the five goes to one. You know, yeah. and that, that helps a lot when you're trying to figure out a song by ear, then you're spending the time singing it back, listening to it. And when you get to it, you don't have to spend as much time because you can hear that five. Oh yeah, that's definitely the five yeah. going back to the one. Um, and then beyond that, you know, that's when you start adding the six or the two so that you you begin to get a little more comfortable with what's going on there. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, uh, those are, uh, that's a really straightforward way of taking it on in terms of, you know, it's, the thing is like, it sounds intimidating and, you know, nobody likes to sing, but when you've, I mean, we don't anyway. And <laughs> don't, I don't trust says, people. Says the singer songwriter. <laughs> hey, I, someone's got to sing these terrible songs. And um, so I, I think in terms of that respect, it's, it's once, once you've done it a few times, it, like you'd be surprised even if you don't have much experience with ear training before at all you can um like you know that a fifth chord sounds unfinished deep down you know that mm -hmm. like you know that there there are certain things you know you know where home is you know in terms of the first chord so yeah i mean the only way to do it is to, to practice and the best way to practice is folk country even blues if you want to take on some kind of minor stuff which is usually just a, a one four five and a minor key yeah and but yeah no i think i think that's a really concise uh overview of you know why ear training is important and there's once again guys there's so many resources out there and um, in terms of like you know where to start what you know interval training there's apps there's interval training apps out there and um, mm -hmm. that will play a note and you have to guess was it you know uh, a, a minor second or a minor third you know right. there's there's which is a is a great way you know when you're especially right now with the the pandemic stuff going on and you you still have to queue outside just to go into the grocery store or whatever you could be that guy singing into his phone you know? <laughs> that could be you yes well you don't have to sing but there's plenty <laughs> of those apps where you can listen to it and you can yeah no, I, know. That, I know that ear as you were saying so you can just sit there on your phone play the little game yeah. Yay! That's what it's all about. Yay! But it's uh, a, again, just bring it back to you, to the instrument. You know, listen for those, sing the intervals, develop develop your ear on your instrument, because that's going to be your biggest tool. Um, and then when you get to more advanced stuff. So a question for you on this: We've talked before about learning vocal melodies from '90s girl pop groups. Mm. <laughs> which is a little more complex but a lot of that has to do with understanding as you said tropes and ideas how people are going to build a melody and so i think there's a lot you can learn from building uh from working on somebody else's melody and learning yes. it note by note not necessarily transcribing it that's a different skill and we yeah. talked with levi clay about that but just being mm -hmm. able to play it and or sing it back. So, I mean, from your experience with that, how, how do you go about learning a melody, a vocal melody in particular? 
I think it, it, it comes back to a lot of the stuff we've touched on already. The thing is, with pop songs, pop songs will be tailored to match the voice in terms of the range. Like um, when I was doing my guitar Lee Ray Jepsen thing on Instagram, uh, Dylan Murphy makes music on Instagram. Um, a, a lot of it, the songs that I find, I'm like, they'd be in awkward keys. They would be like, it would be, you know, E flat or B flat because that's, or F minor. And because those are songs that, are you know they reflect the the vocalist's range that suits them best so i mean that's that was really interesting because that forced me to you know first thing you do is you figure out the chords and just to get an idea of where exactly the song is going some of those songs go all over the place um but then once you've got that an idea you can once you've got the chords you can play like oh it's a minor maybe you can play a minor scale shape over that chord and then figure out where the notes are i think it's figuring out the pitch the uh, the chord progression and from there you can really get the melody in terms of like what register they're using mm. but yeah it's fun like it's it, because these are songs that you've heard a million times um and i think what's so great about that whole 90s pop thing is that there's so much vocal gymnastics going on that like some of those carly ray jepson songs took me ages to figure out um and it's 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 all major scale stuff right it's nothing you know but it's the right. fact that <clears throat> these are different to the uh, the patterns that I'd see as a guitar player. You know, we all know the runs, we all know the, 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 the blues licks, but what vocalists are doing is they will take intervals and they will use them in a completely different way, like sax player as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a really fun way of practicing and also developing your ear at the same time. So yeah, in case you haven't heard us before talking about that, yeah. Pop music. I mean, a great way to train your ear is to learn parts that are on a different instrument. And yeah, so, absolutely. Saxophone is one of my favorites because yeah. you know they do those big jumps all mm. the time, and you have to kind of navigate those. With the the pop vocals, that's always fun too because you have a lot of slides and bends. Mm. Um, and you know, though Mariah Carey, I've said it before, but Mariah yeah. is a hard one to do because you end up. Your, all your guitar stuff sounds like Steve Vai on a fretless guitar. So, <laughs> she slides uh, around so Sliding much. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's a slippery one. Um, sweet. So, John, I think we will, we will leave it there. Friends, we'll put some links in the show notes in terms of YouTube videos that you can check out. Rick Beato has some great stuff on your training. And, yeah, if you have any requests for a mini-episode topic, uh, hit us up at sharepointletx.gmail.com. Uh, we will be back with a full episode next week, uh, next Tuesday, hopefully all things going well and um, i think everybody has allowed some leeway in these uh insane times um but yeah john anything else you'd like to add i don't think so i think it's catchphrase time <sighs> when, you, when you put me on the spot like that uh stay sharp everybody and stay safe <laughs>